you've arrived at Pretty Spiritual Podcast, where we share our spiritual journeys to empower yours. Come on in. Yeah, okay. No, seriously, come in. (laughs) Hey, how are you all? I'm Annie. This is Lindsay. Oh, it says it's yeah okay this is pretty we're excellent pretty, love we're, it love we're it we're pretty spiritual podcast we were t- frantically till the last minute but you would never know because now we're so serene we love to do oh, it this way we love so, it sort of spiritual <sighs> so this is the live version of our podcast and today our episode is about identifying feeling and experiencing our feelings and emotions which is really an exciting and fun topic for us so maybe it's hard to be happy or impossible to show anger or just not even knowing what's going on maybe like kind of a dissociation and we both have tons of experiences in our life in the past and currently that are giving us opportunity to practice with this so if you're new to our podcast how we typically do this is we both share at the beginning about our experiences with the topic and then the second half of the show we share the tools and the resources that we're using to try to navigate the topic with some kind of ease and to bring some there sometimes they're really practical tools sometimes they're spiritual tools it's kind of a, a mix and with these live on insight timer what we're doing at the end is a Q&A So if people have questions at the end, after we finish with the tools, you can type in questions to the chat box and we'll have kind of a dialogue going on, which is really cool and why we're loving this live version because it creates this community and we get to interact and that's really special. So we'll start off with Lindsay talking about what's going on for you right now with identifying feelings, emotions, and or what was it like in the past? Ah, hello everyone. Thank you. I'm Lindsay Pony and I'm so delighted to be here right now. I have a bunch of uh, excited energy coming (laughs) through my body and I'm honoring that right now. Feelings and emotions. Well, it's hilarious that I would be here today talking about feelings and emotions. I didn't know it, but at the time I had completely blocked out any type of feelings. Mm. It was a misaligned strategy, (laughs) (laughs) just a wrong math calculation that I uh, was doing constantly. And what I gather from is that my historical context going back and um, uncovering a lot of this which has helped me to see where I've been and where I am and what's going on and how I can help myself there really didn't seem to be much room for me to have feelings there wasn't room for my (laughs) feelings I got the message of that and I adapted like we do and so what I decided, how my strategy for surviving was to just not have them. Just completely shut they, it down. They're not here. They don't exist. I don't know what feelings are. I don't have them. And please love me. 
<laughs> that was my math. What that led to for me is that I was completely numb, uh, disassociated, because after years of years of doing that, it's just the automatic pathway now where I don't acknowledge feelings. I am disassociated from my body. What that means is I pretty much was living in a very heady, I used to, I call it a walking around torso. Like my body was going out around the world and doing things for me, but I was completely, I could not touch into and feel my body. And what the thing that I was learning about and that has been helping me so much with this topic is that emotions are vital. They're natural. And the difference between feelings and emotions is emotions are the raw data in our body, the physiological, the heartbeat going up or down, mm. uh, uh, sweating, mm. those type of things that are giving us information in real time to let us know how to get our needs met. Hmm. And our feelings oftentimes are the stories that accompany the emotions. What I'm realizing is so since I just dismissed any kind of feelings and then I was disassociated from my body, I wasn't getting any of these internal roadmaps, mm. essentially. That's what I've learned now is that emotions are so important. They are a compass for me to understand what is going on in real time and how to understand myself and what's going on and then to also convey to the people around me where I'm at, you know, mm -hmm. and what's going on so people can know if I'm really stressed out or if I'm terrified that right now is not a great time for me to like do that thing for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I it's amazing to be here today and to be able to allow, acknowledge, allow and accept that emotions are helpful and useful and that I can have them and that feelings can tell me about what type of story I'm connecting with these emotions and maybe for me personally just aren't as helpful but that I can find my way back to the heart of it, the root of it, the emotion of what I'm feeling and what type of needs I can meet for myself. And um, that feels good. <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty sure, yeah, that I touched on everything that I wanted to touch on. And yeah, just to say that I really hardened my heart and myself and I completely numbed myself. And I thought that that was going to help me and it just doesn't work anymore. It's so wonderful that I have found a way to embody and listen and love these things that are going on so that I can be more of a whole human because it was really confusing for me. I, we all have kind of our own internal environment or flavor and so getting to know that like, I would just stuff and smush all these feelings and then I would just like, 
be really confused a lot of times and it felt like my emotions would rear up and come in and I was the Tasmanian devil, okay? <laughs> that was like, I was so aggressive and would have these huge explosions and then oftentimes I would blame other people for why this happened because I was just so confused about what was going on inside of me and that it was trying to let me know things and that I can listen to that now. So there's hope and I'm so glad because I really, really needed to learn about this. Annie, I would love to hear about feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. for you if you have them. Oh yeah, I have them, I do. Pony, I love that what you described the difference between feelings and emotions. It makes so much sense. Thank you. I have so much experience around this topic. Before I started on this spiritual journey, I had huge overwhelming emotions. They were usually, I was really good at joy and happiness, those things I felt great about. But there was sadness and anxiety and it would just flood me and overwhelm me and I didn't know how to regulate it, basically. Then, so I understood and I felt emotions, but it wasn't, I didn't have any way to navigate them well. It was like I just was kind of a um, a passive recipient to however they hit me. So if that's it was a good one, hooray! And if it was a bad one, then I'm just washed out to sea with the tidal wave, and I'm kind of at the mercy of the ocean until it decides to like shunt me back onto the shore, and I'm like all beat down like a mermaid or something. Um, I had so many metaphors going on right there. I loved them all. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Battered mermaid. And then like Pony said, I had a healthy dose of dissociation going on. I had some untreated PTSD. There was these feelings that would express as anxiety and sadness, but there wasn't uh, any understanding of the source or, yeah, it just, I was really struggling with identifying feelings and emotions and experiencing them in a healthy way. Historically, the hardest one for me to deal with was anger. So I would experience maybe sadness or anxiety as that tidal wave, but anger I had no space for. So if I had those physiological responses Pony talked about where my heart rate would go up, I'd maybe get like that kind of sense, something's, you know, I'm angry, I just would shut it down. I had I had it in my head, which I guess is the feeling, right? The story that went along with the physiological response that I'm not allowed to be angry, people won't like me if I'm angry, and for somehow it's bad. Like, I, and no one ever told me that verbally, I just created these things in my head. And it got to the point with my codependence and all these interesting life strategies I came up with, I was almost all apologetic if I was angry. So if I finally got pushed to the point where I had to say something, you're upsetting me, you know, pony, stop pulling my hair. It's really bothering me. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Did that upset you that I said don't pull my hair? I'm. Are you okay? <laughs> you know. So it was like there was nothing healthy about it for me as an expression of that emotional experience. It doesn't mean that oh I should just revel in my anger and roll around in it. But there is actually like pony was saying, it's a really normal and healthy human response to get angry sometimes. So when we go and talk about the tools, I have a really cool tool that's worked for me that's super simple, but about navigating anger. 
And then just the last part of my current experience is I shared in the last podcast that my mom about a month ago was diagnosed with stage four cancer and she's quite sick. She has tumors throughout her body. And when I was, this information was shared with me, I intellectually, I was like, well, this is sad. And, but my body went into shock and it was like, I had no feelings. And what I have learned that's so interesting is that I often take a while to process information. And so my wife was, like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I don't think I know how I feel yet. But it is actually, I didn't even realize how much because just a month later, like it's completely messed with my menstrual cycle, my sleep patterns, but it's like my body got frozen, which makes sense. This is big information, but I'm having a lot of tools that I'm getting help with that I'll share in our tool section too of like, what do I do when I'm actually frozen? And I, I know that there's this feeling or this emotion in of grief and sadness, but it's kind of trapped like in an ice block. Yeah, I'll get kind of more into it, but those are the things that are happening right now, kind of historically, then this context of um, being really sensitive, having lots of emotions, but just getting hammered by them. <laughs> and then also having this propensity to freezing when it's a super big emotion and I am out of my depth essentially. So Pony, why don't we talk about the tools because that's so helpful. Also, I just wanna say hi to everybody who said hi. Thank you for chiming in and thank you for the loves. We appreciate you all for being here and just interacting with us, it means a lot. So yes. Pony, what are, you, what are you working on with your tools? Um, I think I was gonna say something else before tools, but I promise I'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think I uh, wanted to say that that freezing that happens, I think, is our bodies trying to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's so great to get the awareness, right? Like that acknowledgement. Mainly moving into my tools, essentially, is I have a few things, but acknowledge, accept, and allow. Mm. And acknowledging, really, self-awareness is the most... <laughs> important tool in the entire world mm -hmm. and if I am not allowing myself to have feelings or if I'm judging my emotions mm -hmm. then I'm not able to acknowledge and that's why the accept part is so important because I also need to bring in to like accept oh my god that that hurts you know oh I I feel sad what's this emotion telling me it's telling me that it hurts when people get sick, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and to allow it, like when I allow like the truth of how big things are and when I allow myself to feel these really large emotions, it becomes a more holistic experience. Acknowledging, accepting, and allowing is a three A's that I try to remember and make sure that I touch into every single one of them when it comes to an emotion so that it really starts providing a lot more information for me. Acknowledge. Accept. Allow. So I've got to acknowledge, oh, there's an emotion here. So it's that self-awareness piece that's so important. Like if I'm just like, I'm not feeling anything, I'm be distracted, I'm happy. 
a lot more caffeine. <laughs> I got some shopping to do. I got some places to look at. I got text. You know, I got I gotta go and get some food. You know, all of the ways that we distract ourselves. These are protection mechanisms and they're misaligned. It's just a strategy that we had to take care of ourselves. And if we can strive for like my I'm just like, please, when I when I pray to whatever in the world I'm praying to, I'm like, please give me more self-awareness. <laughs> I swear. I, you know, because I just know if I can't see me, if I can't allow to touch into what is here, I am going to just be checked out and disassociated. And the best part is once I learned and looked up what disassociated meant, I was like, oh my God, Hmm. this is a starting point for me. I had no idea that I had, was just completely locking myself away somewhere else and missing out on the world because I was trying to protect myself from these emotions that I thought were going to wreck me Mm -hmm. when the emotions are actually, again, these messengers that bring me closer to figuring out what I want and need and how to get Mm -hmm. them. It's like this full self-service like, mm-hmm. dashboard if I will be willing to acknowledge then accept because a lot of times for me the emotions are hard to accept mm-hmm. um, and then allow them like fully allow so what does that mean a lot of times I've done a lot of heart expansion work because for so long I just hardened my heart I was like I'm gonna be so hard and so <laughs> aggressive Nothing is ever, you know, I just, nothing's going to touch me. But I learned that softening my heart is actually the biggest superpower there is because the heart can never fully be broken. And the more that we touch in to how expansive our heart can be, mm-hmm. it the more that we realize we can handle more than we ever thought we could. A big thing that I do and I think is really, really important, this is from going from being like disassociated to somatic, getting into the body. And this takes a long time. So I'm kind of starting with, it's fine, Lindsay, you're doing such a great job. Oh, I'm going to jump around because that's how my brain works, but we're all here together. And when I touch into my heart, when I, another place that I um, feel emotions, like locked up emotions, like from my core wounding is in my jaw. And it is so intense that it will completely lock to a place where I can feel it in my hip bones. They, mm-hmm. It's like so deep and so immense from me swallowing down the unfelt feelings, the unexpressed emotions that I clamped down for so long. That is still there. And when a tight fist or a tight clenched has been like this for so long that it gets locked up, mm-hmm. it's good to learn about that and acknowledge it and have a lot of therapists (laughs) and to do physical touch Mm -hmm. physical touch so when my heart when I feel it I I touch into my heart and I'm like Mm -hmm. yes yes you can grow you can get bigger you can feel this you can handle this when I feel my jaw clench 
it is a signal to me that reminds me of a part of myself that was not resourced that was thought that that was the best way and maybe was at the time Mm -hmm. and that now I am a more resourced person that can help kind of release, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, come to my heart. So this is the getting into my body, helping myself come into my body when I, which has taken a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. And so if you're at the beginning, because I did not start here, I want to let you know that my Uh, it's emotional. <laughs> You're having emotions. What a shocker. <laughs> this emotional, <laughs> feeling emotions podcast <laughs> is emotional. They, I, and I tell them right now, oh, you can be here. You can totally be here. Mm-hmm. You're sensitive. My sensitivity is my superpower. Mm-hmm. It is totally okay for these to be here. Let them wash through. Let them wash through. Because I get reminded in the beginning of what it was like and where I often step into, even though I'm like a practicing person in a different part of the path. I, it goes really quick, you know, where I'm like, oh, just shut down, shut off. This doesn't exist. This isn't here. Don't look. And my body felt really unsafe because I had labeled it. I didn't realize I'd always ejected from it. So myself got the message that like, this is not a place to go and feel and interpret and listen and Mm -hmm. be with. So this first step for me uh, was that I had to figure out what feelings even are, what emotions even are. And a really big tool that I highly recommend is called nonviolent communication. And it is all about self-awareness check-ins. And the main reason, if for nothing else, you go, they have a feelings checklist. They ha- it's on the internet. Um, it's feeling free. It, yes, it's feelings when your needs are met. So those are things like affectionate, excited, joyful, peaceful, exhilarated, engaged. And then there are your feelings when your needs are not met. So annoyed, angry, afraid. And then it has tons under each one of those. And what I would do is I printed off those papers so many times. I carried them around with me mm. <laughs> and I would look and be like, what is this you know, <laughs> in here? What is this? And I would just go through them and I would be like, oh, oh, okay. I- I'm worried. I'm, I- I'm terrified. Mm. I'm impatient. And it helped me to start to be able to, again, acknowledge, mm-hmm. accept, and then allow and get to know. And then the end part of the this self-awareness check-in, which is what I've been mm-hmm. in a very long-winded way describing is um, tending, right? Tending to what is this emotion trying to tell me? What mm-hmm. What is this? What's here for me? And the tending to is really oftentimes putting my hand on my heart like I was talking about or just saying to myself, um, yeah, wow, emotions are big and they're vast and it's this whole universe that can t- feel confusing and scary and like I'm alone and I'm going on this roller coaster ride and um, 
I can breathe with it and I can label the intensity from one to 10 and I can watch it have its whole life of like a, a birth, a life and a death, even with our emotions. And then I'm left with this information and uh, yeah, I'm living it. <laughs> living it. I am an emotional creature. I allow my feelings. I notice when I am not allowing my feelings. Mm -hmm. I figure out what is the very next thing I can do to acknowledge that is a, a feeling is here. Can I accept it? Maybe I can't accept it. Sometimes I'm like, I can't accept that. Mm -hmm. Reject. Al also okay. Mm -hmm. How do we allow? How can I allow? How can I soften? How can how can I be here? Because this is the number one thing for me, and it gets me every time. Mm. <laughs> and that is, how can I be here with this, with myself? Mm. How can I show up and be with this, with my heart, with myself? And that tending to is really that presence with self it has been the biggest thing. I thought that I needed other people outside of me. I thought I needed the partner to fix this thing. I thought that I needed some type of self-help or therapist that was going to, but it's really me showing up for me, with me, and being with what is. And of course, when it's too heavy and too hard, then we use our therapists, we use our doctors, we use our friends, we use our tribe, we use our support network, we use our tools. We're here now doing it. Mm, trying. I love this. Okay. Oh my gosh, such Thank good you. tools. And for everyone who's here, I do want to say that it is as nice to sit next to Lindsay Pony as it seems. <laughs> She's got great love. You're great. I'm glad you're my friend. So I have some tools to share. The one that I hadn't written down, but hearing Pony share, it made me realize when you were talking about your jaw, if you, any of you have listened to our podcast over the last two years, the first year I talked all the time about my job because I was working on PTSD and a lot of my emotions, etc., were stored here and I was cracking teeth through night guards and just so much energy pent up in here. And I love what you said at the start that when we're frozen, it's often because our body's trying to protect us. And so that had actually been my body trying to protect me, but it just kind of maladapted over two decades. And so to have professional help to untangle that was really instrumental for me. So you had mentioned working with a somatic therapist and that person helped me so much. She still helps me. She's still my therapist to actually just start to identify what was happening in my body. I didn't, I didn't know how to tell if I was tired. <laughs> I didn't, I was like in my thirties. I'm like, obviously I know these things. I didn't, I just had so shut off. So I couldn't get to things like my emotions if I couldn't even acknowledge basic kind of body cues. So having that, and I had worked with talk therapists before, but for me, I needed to connect my intellect with my body. And for me, a somatic therapist helped do that because it was someone who taught me how to understand the word the body cues like what those mean and how to kind of line them up with information in my brain so this wasn't this separate entity that had been operating for so long alone up here this like brain just coming and going and making deals nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> and my body's like hey help <laughs> please listen 
So someone who could, in a safe environment, help me start to learn to connect those two. One of my first tools is just like super simple and it is acknowledging part of, I am a person that it takes a minute for me to process and understand how I feel. So even as I'm on this journey, even as I have these new tools, just because it takes me a while, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me, but it's more like this word acknowledge. I have to acknowledge that's how this system operates. What I do, especially with my wife, because she is like, oh my gosh, her, her understanding of herself and her emotions is instant. And she's like, these are the feelings I'm having. Da, 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 da. And I'm gonna talk about them and then I don't, and then she's processed them and they're done. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so what I realized, we had a disagreement yesterday and she was very clearly letting me know why she was not pleased. And I could feel myself doing that kind of shutdown thing that I do where I'm like, I'm listening and I'm present, but my body's kind of like, shutting down and not absorbing and like I just kind of shut off and I was like oh this is Annie this is what you do when you're you're around someone who's really clear in what they're feeling and you're not clear in what you're feeling but you're feeling at a disadvantage and what I can say is I need some time to think about this I hear what you're saying it's going to take me a minute to process this and I didn't ever know that I could say those things. Thought if someone else is really ready to talk about their feelings and emotions, then I have to be at that moment too. And I don't, we don't. And mm -hmm. so I just practice, and sometimes I don't even need to say it out loud. So for example, yesterday, I just thought it to myself. I let her share what she needed to share. I showed up, I kind of let my body loosen up while telling myself, oh, you're gonna need time to think about this, Annie, and that's okay because you're not sure how you feel. And it was really kind of soothing. You know, I didn't feel like on edge and like this pressure to perform somehow, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that was my first tool. Then this one is for anger, for all my fellow anger repressors, hey-o. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, I really thought being angry was bad. And this is such a silly tool. And when I first started using it, I was like, gosh, this is surely too simple. I'm way too complex. This isn't ever gonna work for me, but it works like magic for me. So someone's upsetting me and I notice that I'm angry. And before, like I said, I would have given, gone through that whole process of either smushing it down or gotten to that eruption point where I would cry and let them know, you have upset me, I'm so sorry, are you upset that I'm upset? And so now what I do is I take some time alone, this totally dovetails with, I need some time to think about it, and I go somewhere where I can say out loud to myself, bathroom is always great, because the door is closed, I can look in a mirror, and I say, uh, this makes me angry. I'm angry about this. And there's something really interesting that happens for me hearing and seeing myself verbally express that I'm angry it's like the physical response in my body has somewhere to go and then often it'll take me another day before I figure out or have room to know how I want to respond but it's like that for me is the key in the lock this makes me angry I'm angry about this I don't know, maybe it won't work for you guys. It's worked really well for me because I just didn't have room for it before and it's like seeing myself say it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm an, a human who's allowed to have this normal, reasonable response. So then for happiness, 
I know for some people it is hard to feel, I'll speak for myself, there have been times in my life where I have felt like everything is wonderful and I don't deserve to feel wonderful. Um, why do I get to be happy? I don't deserve to be happy. And something that has really helped me with that is affirmations, which can feel really annoying when I'm in that mental space that I don't deserve something or um, there's a reason that I feel this low self-esteem is because I deserve to. <laughs> and therefore, I shouldn't have happiness. Like you were saying before, the math equations, they get really, really weird. <laughs> They're complicated. I, so I'll, sometimes I'll write affirmations. I can leave them by my bedside. I really like right now in the morning after I do my morning routine, I'll put in my little headphones and on Insight Timer is this group called Theta Thoughts, T-H-E-T-A, Theta Thoughts, and they have all these different affirmation meditations. I just put them on super low, go about my morning, and there's all this good goodness going into my ears as I'm brushing my teeth, putting on my clothes, like packing up my lunch. And so it's like, oh yeah, I, I can have, I'm allowed to have happiness. That's really reasonable. Okay, so that's this, that one. I just have two more. <laughs> this one is processing emotion, processing emotions. And it is very relevant to being frozen right now around like sadness and my mom. And part of it, it I love your three A's pony. And part of it is just accepting, I'm kind of frozen. So instead of being like, Oh, I am going to throw you in a steam bath, Annie. <laughs> and I'm going to scald you until you're not frozen and you are going to feel all the things right now. So I'm like, oh, but there's this, I never had that perspective before that I was frozen and that that's kind of a physiological response that a body can have when it goes into a little bit of shock. So I'm like, oh, you're frozen and it's hard for you to feel what you think you're feeling right now. Okay. And then talking to mental health professionals about it, which is also something that I would not have done in the past, and letting them know I'm sad and I don't really know if I know how to feel sad at this level. And so they're giving me tools. One of the tools is I really like checking out by reading um, super spicy romance novels. <laughs> so I'll just disappear into books for hours and then I'll go right to bed. And then I'm having this terrible sleep and it was suggested to me by a mental health professional, Annie, you're not giving, there's all the things that you're checking out from, when you go to sleep, your body's processing them. So mm -hmm. you're not giving your mind any space to let some of this stuff out. And so at night you're tossing and turning, wake up, I'm like clamped, my hands are sore, my muscles are sore, cause I'm just, and so, she suggested, and I am going to take this suggestion, that yes, I do all my reading, but right before bed, I will journal. Say, what has um, reading for three hours straight allowed me not to feel? Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, gosh, I'm really uncomfortable with, um, with not having any control over my mom's health. Yeah, it just really is overwhelming. And so even if that's just a three-minute exercise, there's this something that acknowledgement right like it's come it's we're letting something out and then the last one is having a baby cry and I don't mean I'm talking about babies I mean the duration of like usually when I 
And that bottled up, if I just sit still for one minute and write that three minute journaling, there'll be like a little sob that will come up and out. And it's just this emotion that's been stored in my body. And when I give it room, it'll come out and I'll to be like, <gasps> mm-hmm. and then and then I feel better. And uh, maybe I'll have a couple of those little baby cries, mm-hmm. but they're very soothing. I'm always like, gosh, what was I fighting so hard? Why was I avoiding that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the mishmash of tools that I am using. Love it. I also, from what I believe, is that uh, emotion is energy in motion. Oh, I love that. And so it makes a lot of sense when we stuff and smush of why things explode or get locked up because the energy is not in motion. And that's what we want to do. We want to create the space here and within us to be able to heal because we really do our bodies are amazing our mm-hmm. whole system is amazing and they want to work together mm-hmm. to get back to homeostasis they're so good at it we just kind of get in the way so having that self-awareness to see where we're getting in the way and then also being really compassionate and loving with ourselves because this is really big deep work to be doing we're going to read some of the comments now yeah well and this so that's the that is our episode hey (laughs) hey and then we can segue into these question and answers but maybe before we do i just want to say if you are new to our podcast we'd love it if you subscribe if you would like to donate we this is a passion project we do it entirely of our own resources we would be so grateful Pony, do you have anything you want to add to that? Just want to congratulate all of you for showing up for yourselves in this way. It's such a big deal. It is a big deal. We're on a journey of self-exploration and we're here. We're on the path. So let's, we'll keep going. Keep on. And then we'll do, if anyone has any questions, we did this last time. It was really fun. Just type it into the chat. We love to be together and we Mm -hmm. love to hear from all of you because honestly, that is where we learn and grow the most is from each other. So please share if you like. I need my readers. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. I'll get up there. My mic Tabitha wrote, any tips on identifying the need? So when you were talking, Pony, about your nonviolent communication, like when our needs. Yeah. So also, um, I think what that would be is the hierarchy of needs. So getting to figure out what needs even are is Mm. uh, all humans need shelter. We need food and water. We need companionship. Mm -hmm. I think there's five I will look that up and I suggest that you do too because it's all there and it's really good information. We should all be taught this when we're like from the beginning of time Mm -hmm. so that we know that it's okay that we have these needs and um, what they even are. Yeah, and I think uh, just in the more um, emotional sense of it, for example, if I have anger come up, if I journal, for example, about it, I can get under the to what need isn't being met. Oh, I'm not being heard. I, I would my my need in to this relationship seen, is to, to be heard, heard uh-huh. to be loved, to be respected. Right, respect. What are my values? Mm-hmm. But for me, it's sometimes going having that learning to identify the actual physical response that's happening in my body, naming it, 
and then journaling or talking with someone about it using some of these tools so then I can start to get under what isn't what is the need that is not being met why am I sad why is this keep coming up and then I can go about learning how to either self-soothe and fill the need for myself or ask for it in a relationship or start to understand like our last episode was about untangling um, codependency like is is this relationship a healthy relationship if I continue to not have my needs met knits mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Says, how long did it take for you to embody the things once you figured them out or got the tools? Ongoing. Ongoing. (laughs) It is a practice. What a practice means is, is we put it into practice. We try again and again. We forget and then we remember. Mm -hmm. So I have little ways of reminding myself. I I write stuff on my mirror with a dry erase marker Mm -hmm. because I'm just going in and out of consciousness, you know, (laughs) like, uh, and I need the things that are really important and what I'm focusing on. I have to have them there for me. So, and I change it all the time. And I meditate and I have a daily practice and that helps me to set my intention so that I know what I'm doing throughout the day. Not about what work needs to be done, but my spiritual intentions. What am I focusing on right now and how am I going to try and remember to wake up during the day so that I can practice these things because I make it like a game in my life and I use each moment to be able to check in with myself because it's all it's all here at any time. So, and you can always use like teeth brushing, little markers where you know you're going to the bathroom, the most spiritual place in the entire house. I mean, we're always in there crying or figuring something mm-hmm. out or telling ourselves the feelings, okay? I love the bathroom. So, <laughs> anyway, it's a good marker for to practice, to try to remember that you're on the path and now is a great time to see what's going on. How am I feeling? Honestly, there is no accelerant for healing. When we talk about feelings and being frozen, what it takes to thaw, mm. just think about that. Thawing is a whole process and we cannot accelerate our healing. We're here, we're doing enough, we are enough, and it's all going to unfold. Is emotional intelligence an oxymoron? Do pure feelings, peace, and love exist and arise before and beyond our emotional states. This is a great, Neil, what an insightful question. Do pure feelings, peace, and love exist and arise before and beyond our emotional states? There is so much really fascinating research on this. Everyone from Darwin to people you don't even know have done studies to see what, when, where, and how, and they're all conflicting. And I highly recommend, I love reading about those and um, pondering it myself, which it sounds like you're doing. It seems like love is a pure emotion to me. That's just my thought that came, that arose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think about what goes on in this spiritual space is so big and so infinite and is happening all the time and in so many different fractals 
and that we get these bodies in this one life to kind of bring it into the physical realm and experience it all is how I like to think of it. It makes it fun. <laughs> how can I tell the difference between a gut feeling and one that is more fear-based? It's such a good question. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, it has taken practice and I really needed help personally this is just me I needed help with a uh, working with a therapist because I was so disconnected and had not trusted my body for so long so that gut instinct that you're talking about kind of our intuition and that kind of core body knowledge I had shut it down for so long that it was mine was pretty warped and so and it was very woven in with fear because I had a lot of fear in me and so it took practice and tools with a professional for me to start to untangle those things and see where I had this old residual fear that wasn't based in present tense anymore uh, versus learning also to just trust myself. Learning to say, oh, this is how I feel, right? This is how my body feels when this person talks to me like this and I can trust it instead of saying, oh, shush, Annie, that's not really how you feel. This is fine. They're, they're not being rude or you don't feel that way and but it's like Pony was saying about practice like it takes practice it takes talking about it with you guys it takes talking about it with my friends it takes journaling about it, it takes self-awareness self-awareness meditation is really great because I can start to create a little bit of room in my brain so that I can start to parse out like is this just one of my consistent thinking patterns or is this um, coming from this place of kind of clarity and truth inside of me. For me, what I've realized is that I have been stuck in survival mode mm. and I am terrified at all times and I think that I am going to die. And so my fear and being terrified is there. It's already there. At any moment, I'm hypervigilant to and catastrophizing it. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Because it it's myself and my old parts of my, my brain thinking that it's going to help me predict the worst thing that's possibly going to happen and I need to survive right now. And I have to remind myself and take the time and practice that we live in a modern world. I'm taken care of. I'm resourced. I'm capable. The past is over. I can take care of myself now. For me, recognizing that my old set point is absolute terror and fear. <laughs> Honestly, on a daily moment-to-moment -moment basis, I don't even care. I've just been telling people lately. I'm like, whatever. I'm terrified all the time because once I acknowledge that, accept that, and have awareness, like allow that, then I get to get under that and go to, what is my gut actually telling me right now? Oh yeah, that's my old stuff going on right now. Oh, I'm concerned about the future. What? Here's what I can do to make sure that I'm prepared. Pfft, nine day, uh, mm. unbelievable. The like <laughs> terror that I was living in at all times, mm -hmm. um, and then being able to listen to what's actually going on. So it's been a lot of learning about myself and helping myself the practice again and again over and over many 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 rounds mm -hmm. stacy asked any tips for helping someone you love experience their emotions if they are hesitant to do so 
yes, I have a great suggestion. And what helps me is me being comfortable and practicing not having to let someone else have other experiences or emotions than they're having, which is incredibly hard for me because I feel best when I think other people are feeling good. And so this is a constant practice for me is letting somebody else um, be stuck or what I perceive as stuck, that's just my perception. And I can ask questions like, it seems like that might upset you. Is that the case? Or how does that make you feel? And sometimes there's a total shutdown and it doesn't lead to a productive conversation. Sometimes it does. But in any case, then if it doesn't get the resolution that I want, which is always like epiphany and then everybody's happy and total freedom for me, ah, <laughs> um, then I get to practice being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, which is really hard for me. Right. Like we are, this whole show is, we don't want to be uncomfortable. <laughs> We're all learning about how to build our tolerance to being uncomfortable. And yeah. for me, remembering that I'm already going into this maybe with an expectation. I want this person to be able to experience their emotions. I want them to feel the full, I want them to be okay. Mm -hmm. I want, I have to recognize what my expectations are for this person and then always, always is the being the example. So what that means is mm -hmm. being, my partner did this for me, which is where he would say what he was feeling. He'd also like, sometimes he'd be, he says, how does that make you feel? And I would be like, first of all, rude. Don't make me angry if I okay. know how angry felt. <laughs> I was just like, also what that helped me so much was that I realized the story that went on when he said that was, I'm not allowed to have feelings right now. Why is this person asking me this? Mm. So it's so helpful to realize that and that he actually cared about me. Um, but so it's being the example. And so what I would notice is he would, he started being like, oh, I feel sad or I feel at any time during the day. And he was this example that made me realize that this was a normal thing and that you could do it. I hope that was helpful. And yeah, you know, more love and more gentleness and more acceptance in any situation is like the go-to. One of my spiritual mentors always says, Annie, remember that the other person, no matter what they're experiencing going through have going on they are whole capable and resourceful that's right and i love what you said about modeling so i can model from a place of not sometimes i'll do that with my wife and it's like sneaky modeling like i'm <laughs> like i'm obviously in the superior position here and i'm showcasing the appropriate way to behave and that it, for me isn't coming from a place of like true and positive motivation so I get to prep work on that for myself. Nice. But yeah, just remembering for myself when I'm dealing with someone who is in a place that I think is stuck, they are whole, capable, and resourceful, which sometimes is hard for me because I think that um, I know what is best for other people, quite frankly. <laughs> Practice. Mm -hmm. 
Oriana said, I didn't realize that my nervous system is so dysregulated that I feel uncomfortable when things are going normally or too calm. And yeah, boy, do I know I've got to watch my mind when things are, I've, I've had to like do a whole new set point for when things aren't pure chaos because I could even watch my mind. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to be next. And it's like, acknowledging and allowing and reminding myself it's okay that things are calm yes things can be good right now the other shoe is not going to drop and letting all of that feeling of calmness and things being okay come into every single cell of my body is a practice i do all the time because i need every part of myself to feel and know that it's okay and then to not bring the judgment in because a lot of times is i'll flip back around and be like other people do not have that you know and it's just like another way for me mm-hmm. to not feel calm (laughs) I'm so sneaky (laughs) what are your experiences with the feeling we call courage are they positive terrifying easy peasy something else I think there's this really interesting definition for courage of that it's not the alternative or the um, antonym to fear but it is the willingness to move forward in spite of fear So for me, maybe courage encompasses all of those things, right? It's positive emotion or feeling. It's terrifying. It's everything, but it's, for me, I guess the biggest underlying part of courage is willingness. Willing to try, even if I'm scared, even if I'm hopeful, even if whatever. And I think that's the, the key. And then sometimes for me, willingness I can't get on my own when I'm really scared so I call on a higher power and I can pray or I can meditate or I can think about tapping into something bigger than myself and that is often where I find courage when I don't have it or I don't even have the willingness to look for it Mm -hmm. and I just say wow it's not just me against everything and I what if there's more resources available to me that will provide me this un, this courage that's beyond me mm-hmm. that I, that I don't have the capacity to resource on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oftentimes when I'm feeling stuck or low, I realize that courage is something that I could use to really really help me, like the courage to change things to be courageous in my own life in these ways instead of just being stuck or irritated or cranky courage is uh, oftentimes like the touch point for change Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well we're coming up on our time Um, if anybody has a last question throw it in there it looks like what's the next step to go from understanding myself and feeling balanced to thriving I mean, I feel like understanding myself and feeling balanced is thriving. It sounds pretty thrive, thrivalicious. Um, <laughs> wow, I love that. Um, 
<laughs> Thank you so much for that question. And yeah, I just, my main thing is I need to recognize when I am just merely on a one track mind to surviving because uh, that is when I'm living from a very small space of like do whatever, get whatever. It's not a more expansive. Thriving is a place where there's enough space to take my time and listen, think about like the world around me and not just me, mine, I'm gonna get it. So we're thriving. Mm-hmm. We're practicing thriving. We're trying and we just keep pointing ourselves. Hopefully forward. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh my gosh, we're so glad you're all Thank here. Thank you for spending so much time oh, with we us. we love you guys. Oh my goodness, if wow. If you haven't yet subscribed, we would be so honored. We're doing this live once a month, and then we edit the audio and we publish it on our platform. Every two weeks there's something yeah. coming out. There's plenty of content here for you. You can listen to our backlog, please. Um, oh my gosh, comment. we have like 75 episodes. It's wild. Yeah, please comment and rate us uh, wherever yeah, you can. Us. That helps us so much on other platforms for people to be able to find out about us. And if you can donate, we would appreciate it yes. so much so we can keep paying for the feed. Just thank you all so much for showing up for yourselves and sharing with us and being yeah. here with us. We We're appreciate so your time and your love. Community. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.